Hello, I'm Dee Madigan, and welcome to another episode of Home Plates, a podcast all about international food. Just a reminder to go subscribe to Home Plates on iTunes and now also Google Play because we are now up on both of those platforms, so subscribe to one, or better yet, subscribe to both. In this week's episode, I sit down with someone from Hong Kong. She is also a member of the Hong Kong Student Association here on campus. Be sure to listen to find out how you can get involved with that club and also more about their cool events that they put on. Stick around. This is another episode of Home Plates. and welcome to another episode of Home Plates. I'm here with Ming, and she's from Hong Kong, and I'm super excited. She's going to talk to us all about food from Hong Kong. I love food from Hong Kong. Sounds like we have a great expert, (laughs) so it should be a great episode. Yeah, okay. All right, so Ming, can you introduce yourself, where you're from exactly in Hong Kong, and I guess when you came to the U.S., and uh, your first meal when you came to the U.S.? Oh, okay. My first meal when I came to the U.S. was Chipotle. <laughs> and uh-huh. I remember trying to eat the burrito with a chopstick because it was too big for my <laughs> mouth. And I just took a pair of chopsticks from Panda Express. Yeah, and just started eat- eating the insides out. My uncle, who lives in Canada, was kind of horrified when he saw that. But uh-huh. And there were a couple of old people in the table next to us staring at me. But I was just like, yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> And in terms of where I live in Hong Kong and when I came to the States, so I actually was not from Hong Kong originally. I moved to Hong Kong from Singapore when I was 12 years old and came to the United States for the first time, actually, which is also my forever time. And I think it was August 2016. Yeah, that's right okay. before. That, that's like a month before. Fall so it's been a stuff. year. Yeah, it's been around a year. Okay. And it's funny just looking back. Yeah. The number of things I've learned here. Well, I would love for you to give us a little overview of uh, food from Hong Kong, just because I know Hong Kong has, like, an interesting history. I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to talk about that first, maybe. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just how it's part of China, technically, correct? Yeah. But yeah, it's it also is. autonomous. Yeah. So uh, could you give us a little historical context, <laughs> okay. I guess? Okay, yeah. Um, what I know of Hong Kong's history is that it was colonized by the British and god knows what year and then it went back under chinese so-called influence or control i'm not exactly sure how to put it in the year of 1997 which is like one year before i was born and the official name for hong kong under the pr china government would be the hong kong special autonomous region if yeah i got that correct hksar as people say in abbreviation um and basically what that means is that it has a distinct government that's separate from the beijing government yeah, although there's okay. like conflict about that right now, but I'm not actually going to really go into that because honestly, the food, if you're talking about the food, <laughs> it's really only influenced by that, um, by that point of time, you know, when okay. it came back into Chinese control. And because of its very long relationship with uh, the British government and also a lot of like foreign influence, Hong Kong's food, I would say even more so than other international, you know, cities, it's a very distinct blend of Western and Asian taste. And I think uh, the most prime example that I can think of, which would reflect that kind of unique cuisine, would be the breakfast, especially in Hong Kong's cafeterias, or so we call cha tan teng, 
which means like tea restaurant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess you technically drink tea for breakfast or something. So what they would have for breakfast would be like you have scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. ham, and those are like the components they can think of in typical Western breakfast yeah. on English breakfast, right? But then you'll have kanji on the side, which is like suddenly just Chinese dish popping out in the middle of nowhere, or like vermicelli and preserved vegetables, which is also a pretty yeah. Guangzhou or like Chinese thing. Yeah, and people just eat that together. And I mean, I've, I've done it quite a few times myself when I've been living in Hong Kong, and it's honestly not a bad taste. So I mean, like, they managed to get the, both out, uh, the, the best out of both worlds, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Hong Kong cuisine for you. I mean, that's a basic introduction. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. It's yeah. like a fusion of, and you can see, I Definitely. guess, like sort of the history in its food. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see the history in its food. That that's a good way of putting it, basically, because it's got a bit of you know Western, it's got a bit of Asian, but mm-hmm. it's not like it's not clashing. It's actually just eaten together, and that's what makes it so good. Oh, I like yeah. that. Eating yeah. together doesn't clash. All yeah, right. Yeah. Are there any other dishes that you would consider very like? These, rep- these are very popular or represent, like, Hong Kong yeah, right. and food. Yeah. When people think about Hong Kong, you know, I guess dim sum is always <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, it's a very Canton thing. And I don't think, like, at first glance, people will see lots of, like, Western influence on it and stuff. And I mean, honestly, I'm maybe kind of making this up myself because I'm only talking from my personal observations mm-hmm. that, I mean, the popularity of tea during lunch mm-hmm. is kind of funny for me, who has come from Singapore, and we don't usually have tea, you know, with lunch. Um, so I think tea, probably its popularity in Hong Kong is spread during, like, the colonial times, you know, because British and a tea, like, that's also a very famous, you know, pop culture reference. Um, yeah, so I think the popularity of tea is one thing. And so you have tea with dim sum, right? And another food, oh yeah, definitely the street food in Hong Kong is also something to think about. Because, um, you know, people keep talking about, like, siu mai and mm-hmm. yudan and stuff. And I mean, technically, there are things that you'll find on the table, uh, on the table when you're having um, a dim sum lunch. But they're like the simplified versions of that turned into snacks, into like street food. And that's, that's also a very popular thing, especially, you know, for tourists going to Hong Kong. Like they just like to hop around the food stands and stuff. And I mean, honestly, as a local in Hong Kong, you like to do that too, because sometimes you just don't have the time for lunch or whatever. Being such a busy metropolis, you know, yeah, filled yeah. with these like fast rhythms and stuff. Yeah. Are there like certain places in Hong Kong then where you can get that street food? Like are there certain like streets i guess that's mm-hmm. like yeah this is mm-hmm. the place to go if you want to go get oh yeah yeah for sure i mean i can think of quite a few but I, you know i never remember the names it's like you know one when you see yeah, one it's yeah. it's very okay so the typical telling sign of a street food stand is that the food is on display i mean usually in restaurants like you don't have that because that's like against the health code or whatever <laughs> you know and yeah the food is on display and it's uh it's not just sitting on a stand or whatever. It's literally cooking right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And there are many satay sticks poking out. You know, people like to use those bamboo sticks mm-hmm. to like skewer the food together. And I guess that's a pretty distinct feature, uh, feature as well. A lot of the places, they also serve like beverage, uh, like mango sago drinks, uh, which is another very popular drink slash dessert in Hong Kong. And also like coconut milk and um, soy milk and stuff like that. Yeah, that's really popular as well. It's just... Um, the color is gonna jump out at you suddenly, you know, just like when you're walking down the street and then suddenly you see this food stand. Um, and there's probably gonna be a really long queue as well because, I mean, it's popular among foreigners, but it's also popular among locals, yeah.
Uh, is there a favorite street food you have? Oh my god, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, it's so hard to decide, honestly. Uh, I guess it depends on the time of the day that you're eating it. I mean, I guess the siumai would be a pretty safe bet for any time, simply because it's such a familiar taste that I mean, I would just go seeking it out uh, whenever I'm hungry and stuff. But in the mornings, I like something called cheng fan, which is basically like a layer of flour. Wait, it's like can you think of a rice noodle but made into like a pancake kind of thing okay. but it's square shaped and then you roll it up right and then you don't have any filling inside but they'll put sweets and sweet and sour sauce and mm. peanut sauce on top and it's kind of um it's a very light flavor but yeah. it's got like the sweetness and the saltiness mixed together and it's really good i think that's a distinctly uh, canton thing though I, I don't think it's got any western influence in it in fact i think all of the street food, it tends to lean more towards Asian or like, you know, Canton influence mm-hmm. instead of any like British influence. Yeah, I, I guess the Brits liked it too. So they didn't really want to influence want to it. Or something. it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When they recognize something was good, they just let it yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just left it be. And I mean, they enjoyed it along the way. So like, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so I have to go back though to dim sum mm-hmm. because I'm a big fan of dim sum. Oh yeah, damn, I love dim sum too. <laughs> I, I should get a like dim sum t-shirt, you know, like just... It's one of my favorite things, and I feel like it's a great social thing, too, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I was wondering what your favorite place, where your favorite place to get dim sum is in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, in Seattle. Um, Yeah. Okay, so... Because I feel like you're a dim sum expert. I want to (laughs) know where to go next time. (laughs) I just like eating a lot of dim sum, honestly. (laughs) I think that makes you an expert. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, So can I just shout out to, like, one of my friends who introduced me to the place? Okay, yeah, so um, (laughs) I've been to Jake Garden, shout out to HKSA, Ivy Chan, her family runs that restaurant, it's so good. Um, Yeah, the dim sum there is fantastic, but uh, there's also another, oh yeah, all, all these are in Chinatown, by the way. Right, and there's also another dim sum restaurant. Shout out to Selena Chu. Um, <laughs> right, uh, it's in Harbor City, and and that is the place that me and my friends have been to a lot, particularly because you know it's it's like just your casual dining place. I'll say that Jake Garden's a bit more formal in terms of like the kind of things that we like to order when we're there. Ha Gao is my favorite. It's the shrimp dumpling with a translucent skin, so literally you can see the shrimp waiting for you inside to be eaten. Uh, it's good. It goes with vinegar and it's really good. Uh, there's also siu mai, but this siu mai is different from the street food siu mai because the street food siu mai is made from fish paste, which oh. gives it, which makes it really simple, actually. It's like just one ingredient throughout the entire siu mai. But this siu mai, the one that you get at dim sum restaurants, particularly in Hong Kong, it would be filled with meat, sometimes a bit of seafood, but it's like, you can tell that it's a lot more ingredients mixed into it. Yeah, and then cha siu bao, which is also another really classic one. It's the um, BBQ pork bun. In terms of BBQ, it's a bit different from American uh, ideas of barbecue because it's mostly sweet, I think. Oh yeah, there's the big beef balls, which in Hong Kong, we call it si ji tao, which means like lion head or something. I have no oh, idea wow. why they call that it that. Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it was a marketing thing like 10 years ago, you know? Oh my god, it's not beef meat, it's like lion meat. So if you eat this, your stomach will be like, great or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of marketing strategy people came up with that name, but it's it's got an interesting name. It's got an interesting flavor too. Right. Those are basically like the really 
the really popular dishes among me and my friends, and the ones that I'll think to order every single time. I go to Jay Garden too, so oh, I'm nice. like happy that you reaffirmed that. Okay, this is a good place to go, dude. Yeah. that's where I always go. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I feel like I should venture out though, maybe try another oh, place. Oh yeah, I mean Har- Harbor City is worth a try as well. I, I, um, there's always a queue during lunchtime. Is that the one across from Jay Garden? Mm, yeah, I think it is. is it the it's the one beside right the Wing Look Museum. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. right across. Yeah, yeah I've it's right across. Been, like, so you I know, I just have to cross the street, and it's probably a different flavor. I mean, like how different can dim sum get? But like, it's always it's it's all good quality food. So that's yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll have to do a day where like I do Jay Garden and Harbor City to like yeah. to compare the two. Yeah, know, exactly. Double the dim sum. It'll, it'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> but you gotta prepare your stomach for that because honestly, you know, dim sum like they give it an um. Aliquots, like, that's such a scientific term, but, like, in those, uh, what do you call that? Like, those bamboo... Um, the steamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the steamers. Yeah, the steamers. And um, they only give, like, three or four pieces at a time. Yeah. And it seems, like, very little when you order it. Oh, but man. if you order, like, up to three for yourself, you're going so to burst. Fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It I goes do it so every fast. time. I never <laughs> learn. Yeah, um, the other day I went out with my friend to get dim sum at Harvest uh-huh. City. We ordered four among ourselves. We couldn't even finish it. Yeah, I mean, it's all, like, really small numbers, but when you get there, you understand. Yeah, some people, I guess, like to compare, like, if you're totally unfamiliar with dim sum, some people like to compare dim sum to, like, a Chinese tapas, you know, small bites Mm -hmm. sort of thing. (laughs) Definitely recommend. I've taken, over the summer, I've taken some of my friends who had never been to dim sum before to dim sum, and they they loved it. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely a winner, I feel like. (laughs) It it, it is a winner for, like, the entire (laughs) Canton cuisine, like, overall. Let's see, I also wanted to ask, is there any, like, specific food traditions or, like, even etiquette that has mm. to, that's, like, unique to, like, eating in Hong Kong? So, like, if you're okay. going to a restaurant or eat out or, like, things you should, shouldn't do. Right, right. It's funny because in Singapore, we never had this, but I guess in Hong Kong... You know how, especially when you eat dim sum or like eat in a fancy Chinese restaurant in general, whether it's breakfast, lunch or dinner, they, they will give you this big bowl and they will give you a kettle of water. Oh, um, a pot of water, like a pot of hot water. And they will expect you to wash your chopsticks, your plates and your bowls by yourself. Oh, and I'm, interesting. I, yeah, I, I think the reason why we don't have that in Singapore, any of the other cities I've visited, I think we have that in China as well, is because in China, like, the water stuff, you know, um, even locals might have suspicions about its, you know, like, its cleanliness or something yeah. like that. That's why, you know, if you use hot water to steam your plates or to, you know, just rinse I your see. plates and stuff before you eat, uh, it's, generally, it's generally a good practice. And of course, you know, it's, if you're eating with a group or a bunch of friends that you aren't really close with or like family and stuff they'll always expect the youth to do it for the elderly (laughs) because that's etiquette Uh yeah and then when you pour the tea you know you have to be really um polite with that too another etiquette that i can think of not really honestly because like hong kong it's very fast paced so i don't think people have any you know long-lasting uh culinary etiquette or uh politeness but especially uh, when it comes to eating because it's just it's just something that you do and okay. then afterwards you just get back to work you jump straight into business again and stuff so people even the restaurants like even the waitress and waiters they will expect you to like just come and go come and go yeah um and this is why maybe in like restaurants you you see that it's much more 
random, much less cared about uh, as compared to, you know, maybe American fine dining restaurants like like Cheesecake Factory or something, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it's like you can call the waiter over, tell them to come, come, come and come hurry up and stuff and, you know, like get you like chopsticks and bowls and stuff in case you need it. I mean, like you can be more curt and no one will care about it yeah everyone's sort of on the same page that's yeah, like yeah, exactly. you're in and you're yeah, out yeah exactly it's just the bowl washing thing that you can't skip <laughs> everything is because of it's a lifestyle it's mm-hmm. just a really fast place and you know like people just don't have time for these petty things I guess I think everyone it's like if you intend on backpacking or anything it's definitely the place to go especially yeah. if you're considering touring like East Asia and stuff it's just a place that people can't skip out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so unique. And Do you cook Chinese food at all? Oh, actually, I don't. Okay. But that's because I can find Chinese... When I was in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. you know, literally you just walk out onto the streets and you'll see at least one tiny restaurant, cafeteria, or like a street food stand right there. And they all serve Chinese food, also like Cantonese uh, food and stuff. So when I first started cooking, I was actually cooking like pasta and stuff for myself because simply because you couldn't find that in Hong Kong. Oh yeah, and there's another thing that I should mention about Hong Kong food mm-hmm. is that it's funny because it has its own versions of international cuisine. Okay. So um, say for example, the one that I first tried is called Singapore vermicelli mm-hmm. and it's basically like vermicelli fried in curry. Except the curry is not curry because it's not spicy at all. It's literally it, just, it literally just tastes like powder littered onto the vermicelli. So you know Hong Kong people like they have their own tastes and you know sometimes they can get it right and some and, and sometimes they don't. So I think if I want Chinese food, I just go out. So when I start cooking, I just you know. So are there other versions of international takes at Hong Kong? If you want to look for international food in Hong Kong, there are definitely authentic places to go. Like. Central, which is, you know, a very old downtown area. But basically anywhere outside of that area, you can find like, you know, um, Hong Kong version of international dishes. Um, I'd say that school food is like a Hong Kong version of a Korean restaurant. Ha, 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 have you heard of the chain school food before? Or is I have it not? It's okay. It's it's probably a Hong Kong version of it then, because I mean they sell all sorts of like very like un-Korean dishes. I mean they don't even have bibimbap in there, so so like that that that's a bit funny already. You know you can tell. Oh yeah, and and another thing about curry. Let's go back to curry. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know how Hong Kong has this like chain food, chain fast food restaurant, except that it's Asian and it's called Maxims. Basically, they serve all sorts of Hong Kong-style foods. And also, they have chicken curry and, like, beef tendon curry and stuff. And it's just the first time I ate it. It's really different from the Indian curry I was used to back in Singapore. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of bland, to be honest. And a lot of coconut milk in it. Yeah. So, I, so I guess, yeah, that's an attribute that you'll find in Hong Kong, too. Hong Kong is a very international place. Yeah. Like, like apart from the curry stuff, most of the representations of international cuisine would be pretty spot on. I mean, more spot on than most restaurants I've seen in China, at least. I, I wouldn't really complain about eating pasta or whatever there. It would be funny to compare, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. You can have a little, like, mini world food yeah. tour right yeah. there in the or, city. Or, you know, like, if you go into the cafeterias for, like, I mean, Western food, especially in breakfast... Instead of, you know, maybe scrambled eggs with, like, sausage gravy or something, you'll find scrambled eggs with soy sauce on top. Yeah, you know? no, that's cool. Just another thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're part of the Hong Kong Student Association, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Are there any events that they have? If people are interested in, like, learning... Experiencing Hong Kong cuisine? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dim sum, per se. Definitely. Um, I mean, we, we have fundraisers all the time, and we um, sell, like, some snacks from Hong Kong. For example, Vitasoy, which is, like, a really popular drink in Hong Kong. It's basically soy milk and stuff. But the really big one that I have to mention uh, would be the Little Hong Kong, which is coming up in February next year or maybe okay. March. Yeah, I'm not sure. We, we haven't exactly set the time for it yet, but it's basically this really big event and you get to experience Hong Kong culture in that one night. We do sell lots of stuff from the Hong Kong street food selection, Ooh, you know, like okay. curry fish balls and um, like siu mai and like e- even cha dan, which is like tea eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just a lot to see there. There's also a lot to play. And I mean, like, if you ever want to, you know, pick up a few words in Cantonese as well so that you can navigate your way better around in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, we also have Cantonese classes and stuff. And we'll definitely teach some words about food, you know, Perfect. if you're just interested in hearing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you don't have to be from Hong Kong to, if you want to join or participate in any of these events, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely not. Because... I mean, what's the where, where's the fun in, like, letting Hong Kong people experience Hong Kong culture? I mean, isn't that, like, something that they're really familiar with? Yeah. So definitely these events are, like, open to everybody, and we want them to just come and see what we love about Hong Kong culture so much, and hopefully they'll love it too. If you're interested, listeners, you can definitely check out the Hong Kong Student Association. Yeah, we have a Facebook page. UWHKSA. If you just type that in the Facebook search bar, you can definitely come across us. It's so dim sum is like in Chinatown here. So yeah. that's kind of a trek. Are there any places closer that you would recommend going for Chinese oh, food? Uh, I, I have to think about that because I don't just want to say Din Tai Fung. Oh yeah, <laughs> since yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess everybody knows one. that place. And you know what's funny? When I went back to Hong Kong this summer, mm-hmm. because. There's a Din Tai Fung right across the street from a famous roast duck place, uh, Tam Ki's Roast Duck, that me and my family went to for lunch, and it's literally no one queuing up there. Like, really? Everybody. That's really funny. <laughs> exactly. It's like, a, it's like if you put Panda Express in Hong Kong. I mean, really? I don't think... I think it's just going to go out of business. They're not faced by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well... I guess people want to try it out, you know, once or twice, simply because it's an American thing, but... <laughs> but after a few times, it's definitely going to grow out. And and plus, I think at at some point, other people, other Hong Kong people like me, you know, we always want to just go back to the OG version of everything else. Yeah, that's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. So wait, uh, Din Tai Fung, didn't that originate in Taiwan? Is that correct? Uh, or I'm not sure I'm not... if it's Taiwan or Shanghai because okay. a, a lot of the stuff that I see on the menus uh-huh. with Shanghainese cuisine, like for example, Xiaolongbao, or like the um, the side dishes, like the malan malan cai, which is um, kind of like a salad with celery and uh, with um, cilantro and tofu and stuff. Yeah, so I I might say that it's a Shanghai thing, but I am not exactly sure because I've okay. Yeah. They I guess so, but they see it now as like an American thing. Oh, in Hong um, Kong is that what you're saying? I think 
I, I think in Hong Kong you wouldn't necessarily uh, you wouldn't necessarily see it as an American thing, but it's just more international. So you know, like the okay. local distinctness or the uniqueness is kind of gone from it. So people don't really you know search it out that much. And plus, it's a chain store as well, so you can find uh, it really easily. I see. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Because exactly. it is pretty crazy how yeah. popular it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I I mean, like the chain store aspect definitely contributes to its maybe like no queue factor mm-hmm. because I do know some uh, restaurants. I mean, some of my friends have run their families have run restaurants in Hong Kong, and they specifically set set up only one store because you know they they want the queuing factor. You know, like yes. if there's a long queue in Hong Kong, you think it's probably good, right? So, yeah, is that a good way to figure out the best place to eat then around Hong Kong? Mm. Walk around and find a queue. Well, that's the method that I use. Honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I I just don't really have the time to search up those, you know, like Yelp or in yeah. Hong Kong we use something called Open Rice, an app called Open Rice. Open Rice. Open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's Mandarin. Wait, and it's Cantonese name. It's Hoi Fan Lo or something. It's like, I I think it's uniquely to Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Macau, like that region. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to remember that. Now I really want to go to Hong Kong and try dim sum. Yeah, 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 you should totally. And and it wouldn't just be dim sum there. I mean, I've met a few friends who absolutely hate dim sum, but they still yeah. love Hong Kong food simply yeah. because, you know, like there's the roast geese and, yeah, and other stuff as well. And, you know, the braised braised noodles with a lobster on top. Oh, that's like, actually good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, is like seafood pretty popular in Hong Kong since oh, it that- is right by... The sea. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I see. Yeah, um, yeah, it definitely is very popular. Um, the place that me and my family we go to all the time, it's called Sai Kung, uh, which is literally just this tiny town made up of restaurants and you know a residential area that's right next to the sea. And the funny thing there would be, you you know how most restaurants would claim that they have fresh seafood and stuff but honestly in Hong Kong you can't really trust that unless it's right next to the sea because that's where you know it's really fresh the the fishermen there they literally have these long boats and Uh just crates of the seafood sitting on there and then just maybe like once every hour or so they'll just drag up like an entire net of lobsters or you know fish or whatever you're looking for and the restaurants sometimes um, when they cook uh, they'll just go down and buy some or you know the bigger restaurants they'll have fish tanks huge tanks yeah. with seafood inside live seafood like just growing the seafood themselves if wow. you can yeah think of so it so you gotta find yeah. restaurants like right by the water who have the access <laughs> well right? well I mean honestly like the restaurants that are not right by the water sometimes they're, they, they're pretty good as well okay. it's just the ones that are right by the water they tend to have more how do I say culture have you tried seafood here then? Honestly, coming to Seattle, I haven't really tried seafood because okay. it's so expensive. That's really yeah. fair. That's really yeah. fair. We are college students. Yeah, but but I have I have been once uh, with my mother and my brother. We've been to the crab pot and okay. yeah yeah okay. down by the pier. The method of cooking is really different. Like in yeah. Hong Kong, the taste is definitely much more mild. The flavor of the seafood is more distinct. But then here, I mean, people cover it with spices and stuff, mm-hmm. so it's usually a bit salty. I like to eating crabs in Hong Kong, but coming here, the crabs are just it's too salty for me. <laughs> How do they prepare like crab in Hong Kong then? Oh, they mostly just steam it, or they, or they braise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They steam it most of the time, or they braise it with. Like spring onions and like sauces mm. and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So for the most part, do they just kind of keep it simple with the seafood then? Yeah, they they do keep it simple, and it's just something that they do. I mean, I honestly don't really know myself, mm. but just something that they do to the seafood that makes it much easier to stomach. It's like the other day at the crab pot. I mean, three people we ate a two person meal and we couldn't even finish it. <laughs> it was a lot. 
and yeah, the taste was very different as well. Yeah, there's Much a lot stronger. of butter. I feel like. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Me, me and my mom, we didn't even touch the melted butter. Um, my my brother tried to buy it, he didn't like it at That's all. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In Hong Kong, we we don't give you butter to put on your uh-huh. seafood. We just give you like lemon water to wash your hands after you uh-huh. eat it or something. Interesting. Yeah. So usually, I like to ask people about. Their favorite drunk food and junk food. So like the food. Oh wait, that um, you, so drunk as in like. As if you just ha- like went out and okay. you're like now. Wait, alone. but but. Pretend you're 21. Okay, because in Hong Kong in like Hong I can, Kong drink. can drink. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. So, so okay. I assume yeah, that yeah. you had that maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah, you yeah. have it. Maybe you have. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah, you okay. were, say you were out one night and you okay. had some drinks with friends and you're very hungry. Okay. Where do you go? And um, then yeah. Okay, so the one time that I've drank with friends would be in Lang Kwai Fong, which is literally like the party district in Hong mm-hmm. Kong. It's also located in Central. And we just went for um, desserts, uh, desserts mm-hmm. afterwards because they were easier to stomach, you know? Like they were... So desserts, mango sago was the one that I always go for. And there's also like bird's nest, which is basically, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but you know swallow's nests, they're made of some sort of like jelly-like substance. And then if you cook it in like sugar broth or something, it's really good. And you put some like wolfberries in it. Yeah, and, and that's like a really traditional thing as well in Hong Kong. And, and then I, I know that another friend just like eating coconut milk stuff. <laughs> Yeah, like, I I don't know, like mango cubes in coconut milk or like mango ice cream in coconut milk. I mean, she always goes for the mango um, to combine with it. I mean, it's a really distinct taste, so I can see why she does that. And then um, there's another friend from high school that really likes eating black sesame paste for some reason. Maybe it tastes like porridge or something to her, I don't know. Yeah, but but yeah, it's it's another popular dessert in Hong Kong for people who can't handle the cold stuff. Junk food... I would always... I'm not even sure if this counts as junk food because... So, have you heard of egg puffs? Like, gai dan zai? So, it's basically those bubble waffles. Oh, Yeah, yes. yeah, okay. yeah. You just pluck out, you know, circles and eat them. Yeah, that's my favorite junk food. All Simply right. because they, they come in so many flavors right now. Like, they have matcha and, like, chocolate and stuff. And last question for you, Ming. Do you have a favorite food memory? So, just a time mm. that you had a meal, like, a specific meal or memory of eating that, like brings you happiness or you know yeah well my favorite I can't say that I have a favorite memory honestly because any time that you eat Hong Kong food with or just any food in general with family and friends it's always a good time I mean like you, you know how Chinese tables are circular right like and, and and the concept of a circle is that everyone sits together everyone is so-called equidistant from each other so they're able to you know like interact during the food uh, the the first memory that comes to mind would be when me and my friends like we went out for dim sum together for the first time, and that was literally the first time. And that was after my entire high school high high school career. I've been in Hong Kong for six years by then, and I realized at that moment that we went out that I've never had dim sum with friends before. Never had any form of Asian food with friends. It was always it was always like Italian pasta or or you know like pizza and stuff, Pizza Hut, KFC or whatever. Yeah, and it was a really fun experience simply because I didn't do it. And my favorite food memory in Hong Kong with Hong Kong Student Association is when is when we go to Jade Garden, you know, and just like sit around the table, chit chat, and you know, order one of those like six or twelve people sets, <laughs> and everyone can't finish the food afterwards, so we have to like bring it back in boxes and stuff. Yeah, it, it's always really fun. And I mean, shout out to. 
Joycelyn Choi of Hong Kong Student Association for being such an excellent cook. I mean, Ao <laughs> Tun's also a good cook too, but like, um, yeah, I remember Joycelyn. She would just like make all sorts of, you know, Asian food in her tiny apartment. And then we'd just like gather around and eat and stuff. And it was, yeah, it's also a really good experience. Mm-hmm. So great. I love that food can bring people together. It's honestly the easiest thing to talk about to a stranger it's the easiest thing to do with a friend, you know, so, yeah, so totally. it's perpetual, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. me today, Ming. I yeah, really appreciate pleasure. it. It has been very fun, and I hope some of the listeners check out the Hong Kong Student Association mm-hmm. and uh, learn something today. Yeah, definitely. So, Little Hong Kong, okay? <laughs> February 2018, we'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. This was Home Plates. Stay tuned for another episode next week on Wednesday. I'm Aiden Walker. And I'm Blake Peterson. Together, we host a podcast called Cinema Adventure, where we discuss movies with important guests, talk about their favorite movies, and recommend movies that you may have never heard of before. So join us every other Monday on the Soundbite Network so we can film you in. Uh, Wasn't that good? It was really good. It's a good pun, isn't it? (laughs) For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbite's website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.